0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman.
1: In association with Air On News. The only place to start the show this morning is with the Woes in Westminster. Liz Truss resigning after just 45 days as Prime Minister yesterday, leaving the Conservative Party in chaos with a new New uh, leadership battle to, about to commence. Jane, what do you make of it? Uh,
2: I, I was saying the last time I bumped into my old uh, teacher, the former senator, Jim Darcy, yesterday. He reminded me of the Karl Marx uh, quote that history repeats itself first as tragedy, then as farce. And unfortunately, that is what's happening in the UK. Uh, you know, it's a, Britain is, a, is an extraordinary uh, democracy. And it's unfortunately become something of a laughing stock. Uh, and the notion that after everything we went through with Boris Johnson, the chaos of those final days with was it 50 or 60? I've lost count. Uh, ministers resigning.
1: 40% of the, the yeah. Conservative Parliamentary Party voted against him in, a, in a confidence the,
2: uh, vote. The notion that he could, he's now the second favourite uh, to, to be leader, is extraordinary and it, i mean the i mean there's there's more characters in uh, in downing street at this stage than carnation street it's it's farcical
1: the mother of all parliaments has descended into into gombean politics and it it is an unedifying thing to see but let us know this morning what you think about all of that what you think about the fallout from liz truss going and what you make of what's going on across the water 5316 at a cost of 30 cent
2: well let's test the temperature across the water because we're joined by our colleague kieran codahy who's uh, presenting the hard shoulder from London. London uh, this week. Kieran, you you're there. Um, uh, was there surprise at what's happened uh, over there?
3: There was not really. I guess there was a little bit of shock, uh, but there wasn't really surprise because we've been here since since Wednesday, before all of those scenes, as Kier described them, unedifying scenes in the House of Commons that night with that fracking bill, ostensibly a fracking bill vote uh, that really became a vote of confidence. And it was a so fracking th- there mess. There was a sense. It was a fracking mess. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, so there was a sense, I think, amongst the public uh, that it was only a, a question of when, not if. And certainly by the time the resignation came and we were literally there, we were walking, people who know it, we were walking down Parliament Street past the Senate half and uh, suddenly this crowd came swarming up the street from Westminster and it was a crowd of, well, it was mostly the media and protesters uh, making their way to Downing Street because the word had gotten out and, uh yes, yeah, she duly appeared and a very short resignation speech, much like her reign.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Was it was it 44 or 45 days? The, the paper slightly dis- disagreeing on that uh, this morning. Now, as well as those punters outside Westminster, you've been kind of talking to, to people across the society in London. What, what's the view of the British public on all this, Kieran?
3: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right, because I wondered whether people would almost be so put off by it that it would induce apathy, that they'd end up kind of just rolling their eyes and thinking, you know what, it's just a circus in there. But actually, I mean, beyond kind of the peculiarities of of Brexit and mini-budgets, they're dealing here, people are dealing here with a lot of the same stuff that we're dealing with at home, which is cost-of-living crisis, which means that it's kind of no longer abstract, the decisions made in Westminster. There's a real tangible... Uh, a, a kind of sense of how this impacts me in the pocket. So everybody we spoke to had an opinion. Everybody felt strongly about it. And it, what was interesting was the most sympathy we could elicit for Liz Truss, the most support we could elicit was was sympathy. It was a little bit of personal sympathy for her situation. Yeah. But nobody, certainly, listen, it's not scientific polling, but we've been speaking to people over a couple of days, as you say, right across the spectrum of society in different parts of London, And nobody thought she was the woman for the job. If maybe they did a few weeks ago, some of the people we spoke to. But by this week, it was over. Uh,
2: Just lastly, uh, Kieran, any clamour among the people you've been talking to for the return of Boris Johnson?
3: Shane, that's actually an interesting question, because I I went out of my way to ask people who they think should be prime minister yesterday in and around Westminster and up at King's Cross as well. Uh, Different people there. And Boris Johnson's name was not mentioned like it was almost like people could not count this kind of Churchillian return until it began to get talked about, I suppose, in the corridors of power, the Nadine Dorries and others of this world talking about him. That gets picked up, that gets reported in the media and suddenly he's back in the public consciousness. He was kind of out of the public consciousness, partly because he was on holidays. So he wasn't even there for any of this. Mess for the last couple of days. I mean, you know, I think Parliament sits here for like 22 weeks of the year. Plenty of other times he could have gone on holidays. But anyway, he went on holidays this week and uh, he looks to be back. And I guess that's kind of reflected in the bookies. Like when I was asking people, who do you think should be the next prime minister? Boris Johnson was north of 20 to 1. By the time I went to bed last night, he was 3 to 1. He was second favourite behind Rishi Sunak.
2: Yeah, extra- it would be extraordinary if he uh, did come back. Uh, Kieran, great to have you on the ground there in Westminster. Our uh, Kieran Kieran Cudahy uh, there. Thanks indeed for talking to News Talk Breakfast.
1: Now, sticking with this story, I'm joined now by Lord Daniel Moylan, who is a former Boris Johnson advisor and Conservative member of the House of Lords. Good morning to you. You've, you've heard there, Daniel, what morning, we Kieran. were talking about with regard to the potential for yep. Boris Johnson to make a return. Is that something you'd like to see happen?
4: Well, it is something I'd like to see happen, and I didn't want Boris to go in the first place, and um, I think this is the right answer. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, it's very easy to say this is farcical, and I can completely understand why people, some especially looking in from abroad, think that. But there's a very important struggle going on here, both for the soul of the Conservative Party and for the direction of the country. And um, Conservative members have a particular view, and they're presented with two candidates, um, uh, as they were before. And they don't want the candidate who uh, sticks with the sort of uh, Remainer uh, establishment view. Uh, and if that's Rishi Sunak again, and it goes to the members, he'll likely lose.
1: Well, in fairness, the Sunak question is, is, is a Brexiteer. But if it is, but, but let me put this to you. If he it supported
4: is, Brexit, but the policies he's offering now are identified very much with the Treasury, with recession, with um, the bond market and with, um, with the policies of Liz um, Truss did nothing closer, good for the bond market.
1: Let, let me ask EU. you though, if it is a battle for the soul of the Conservative Party and if it was to come down to Sunak versus Johnson, when you think about Johnson's history, 40% of his own parliamentary party would not support him in a vote of confidence. Um, two devastating by-election results that, that that where he lost to Labour and to the Lib Dems in a way that, that was never expected in what was considered safe. See, the, the Chris Pincher issue, fined for a criminal offence over Partygate what does that say about the soul of the Conservative Party if Boris is the way they choose to go?
4: Well it's not I mean a lot of those things were um, in my view overblown of course he lost by-elections he won an 80 seat majority and um, parties mid-term do tend to lose disastrous by-elections and they normally recover I mean not necessarily entirely but they normally come back to a large extent from that and I think one has to have a certain good sense about it Uh, and about the other issues there was a sustained campaign to make relatively small things into big resigning issues Um, how can you you but 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 Daniel Chris Fincher was reappointed by Theresa May after she'd been informed about allegations against
1: but if if allegations of sexual misconduct are small things if criminal offences are small things that does not reflect well on the integrity of the party
4: this does depend how you look at it there's a criminal offense or was it you know being ambushed by a cake as Connor burns famously said it's where you see these things in in, in terms of a larger context how important yep. they are so fine for the think, press to say i agree with the you I think heinous, he- these are the I think most heinous exactly offenses that. ever but not everyone sees them as the most heinous offenses ever
1: Look, thank you for speaking to us very much this morning here on News Talk Breakfast. That is Lord Daniel Moylan.
4: Yeah,
2: battle for the soul of the party called extraordinary events. Boris Johnson back in the mix. Uh, the, the, the potential of the membership to actually decide who the next leader will be, despite us hearing from the last week that that wouldn't be the case. We need somebody to make sense of all this. Who better than the former political editor of the Times of London, Philip Webster? Philip, can you talk us through again just how this how the leader is going to be elected? Because I had thought this was going to be, whoever it was, it was going to be an agreed coronation. But it doesn't seem like that's uh, coming in. Uh, actually going to happen. Or am I wrong?
0: Well, it could still happen. Everything really depends on how many votes Boris Johnson manages to get from the MPs. He needs 100, we know, to get into um, a runoff, uh, probably with, with Sunak, which he almost certainly could win. Um, the question is whether he's got 100. But the way it works is that um, a candidate needs 300 votes to stand by three o'clock on Monday afternoon. A hon- 100 certain. votes.
2: 100 votes. For uh, yeah,
0: 100, MPs, right. yeah, 100 <laughs> MPs, yeah, 100 yeah, MPs yeah. To, to stand. Sunak, I would guess, has almost certainly got that 100 up his, up his sleeve, because he was the leader among the MPs, if you remember, last time round. It's not that long ago, of course. Um, no. Penny Morton is seen as somebody who's on her way to getting a 100. We just don't know about Boris. Anyway, on Monday afternoon, there, there will be two left there would be a run if there are three who make it to 100 there can only be three mathematically there would then be a vote by six o'clock we'd know who the final two were now those final two would go to the membership but 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 there is going to be another vote and they call that an indicative vote and the mps will then vote between the final two and see who they prefer it won't be uh, it won't count in that sense. It won't be the, the final. But they will be saying to the party membership, look, we think this is the candidate who is who has the authority to lead this party and to get us through to the next election. Interesting. So they'll be sending out quite a stare uh, to the membership. Uh, but if the other uh, one is uh, Boris Johnson, well, will they go for him again?
2: Because I, I, you, you've 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 kind of almost answered my my next question. It, it is quite a steer. Uh, it would be quite a steer from the parliamentary party. Are the membership likely to listen to that? D- do you think if it's Boris, all bets are off?
0: If if it is Boris, I mean his his team put on quite an operation last night as your colleague just said he was 20 to 1 at one stage and suddenly uh people were saying boris is flying back from the dominican republic he's got his team back together again he's keen to have another go and suddenly this great flurry of excitement at, at westminster and in betting shops everywhere <laughs> as people thought is is this man coming back again but he still has got to get that 100 100 votes i have my doubts personally as to whether he'll manage it but if he does will the membership will the membership having seen what happened when they chose liz truss against the wishes of the mps and they've seen what happened since will they really go against the mps again who knows who knows that's why british politics at the moment is is fairly insane (laughs)
2: <laughs> it is absolutely fairly insane I, I always seem to be asking you about betting when we talk philip and I do know you like it like a flutter if you had to put your money is it is it Rishi sunak do you think
0: it is i if if, if, you, if you forced me to spend my last five hundred quid today, <laughs> I would have to go on on, on Rishi sunak because i do, i do I'm certain the m p s believe that he is the man best placed um to Keep the markets quiet uh, to at least put the party on an even keel, um, but he's not a runaway favourite by any means. He's a far, fairly cautious um, favourite with the bookmakers at the moment. Um, but I think uh, that's where my money would go if I had to if I had to bet now.
2: Okay, always good analysis, F- uh, Philip Webster, former political editor of the Times of London. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning.